what really got me was there was a phrase which I will not remember the details of, but the the the, the heart of the phrase was like, um, when you're engaging with another person, there is always a symbolic object that you are offering, so you don't have to engage with them direct. Welcome to another episode of What It's Like to Be You. I am Josh Levine, your host. Today, my guest is a Type Five named Jess. When I started the interview with Jess, actually right before I started the interview with Jess, I admitted to her that type 5 is one of the types that I feel like I have a little bit more of a stereotype in my head, as opposed to a true, deep, textured understanding of what it really is like to be a 5. And so I asked her, what kinds of questions should I ask to pull out her own type structure? And in true type fashion, this is what she said. That in itself is a really interesting question because... Um because of my type structure and yeah. everything around that. And also because it's not, how am I gonna say this simply? I would normally be very withholding around that. Um, I would never give someone the opportunity to know what they need to ask because if they haven't already figured it out, it's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh man, I love it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, which isn't very generous of me, um, but it's something that I've definitely noticed. That response alone was really illustrative of what we sometimes refer to as the passion of the five, which is avarice, which is not greed, but is really more of a withholding of the self. And despite saying that, Jess reassured me later that she was going to try to answer all of my questions from the deepest, most honest place she could find in herself. And she did a good, really good job of doing that. One of the things that this conversation also did was really pitted the social instincts desire for connection with the, the type five structure of wanting to be withdrawn and isolated and internal. And we explore that implicitly, I think, throughout the entire conversation and at some points um, also explicitly. We also get into what it really means to experience fear towards the end of the conversation. That was fascinating, especially contrasting my own experience with fear and hers as a head type. I loved this conversation with Jess. It really blew open a few stereotypes that I had of five and challenged some assumptions that I had. So please welcome my friend, Jess. Welcome everyone to another interview. I'm very excited to be with my new friend, Jess, who wants to go by just Jess and no other qualifiers. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure other qualifiers can emerge naturally. As, a couple as qualifiers. Are, one is you're an, an artist and researcher based off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'd love to hear you clarify what that means. And also, well, yeah, actually, you go. What does that mean? Oh, what does it mean? Well, um, I guess uh, I guess the easiest thing is to say that like I don't have a physical location. Like wherever, like what would it mean if I was like, oh, yeah, I'm from... I'm from Germany. And it's like, so what? What does that really mean about me? Nothing. But um, in terms of the internet, that's the place I've been the longest. <laughs> I've been using it since I was literally a child. So um, that's where I feel most comfortable. Virtual okay. space. So, she, so you live on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so one thing that I find fascinating, okay, actually, just to frame this up, yeah, your type structure is yeah. social self-preservation, five of the six wing, five, three, eights, trifix. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I, in contrast to myself as a three, that I find mm. just amazing and fascinating about fives is the general desire for fives not to be discovered at all. <laughs> and and um, you said 
that yeah. just right before we turn the camera on here, you basically were like, well, you could, for example, give people information about me, but I can't be found, for example, on the internet. What is Yeah. 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 Can you say about that? I mean, if, yeah, if they find me, it's a gold star. It's like good sleuthing. But, um, but no, I mean, like, well, I, I'm not going to engage in social media um, any more than I have to to get the information that I'm interested in. But um, yeah, so it was someone was joking about it with me um, the other day because we're in a group chat together. And they're like, why haven't you friended me? I've sent you out these friend requests. And I was like, I don't friend anyone. That's a dead space. Nothing's there. Like what we're doing right now is as close as we can kind of get. And it's like, no offense. Like you're, you're super interesting. It's fine. But I'm not going to give you what you think you were looking for. So don't worry about it. <laughs> just, just Like just accept what's going on. And we don't have to overcomplicate it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's dig into one of the really fascinating core aspects of five here which is so to set this up in a kind of pedagogical way the passion mm -hmm. of the five we talk about is is avarice which is an yeah. antiquated word um and people typically associate it with greed these days but that's not really what it is in the enneagram yeah. it's really about a kind of withholding of the self mm. and a i'd actually i would love to hear your take on it or what your texture is my understanding is what I just said, and also a yeah. sense of being internally so under-resourced or mm. so um, thin and separate or something like that, that I have to um, be very careful about any expenditure of energy or contact with the world. Mm. Um, yeah. That's my understanding of it. And does that track with you? Right on. Um, hmm. Does it track with me? I think that when I when I consider avarice, um, uh, I okay okay. So in my own experience of that of like the limitations that I will consciously or unconsciously put on other human beings when it comes to engaging with me, I definitely feel the wall. Um, I definitely feel the wall. Uh, and it took me a while to recognize that there was even a wall there. I thought for like longest time, I felt like overexposed and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get away before realizing that there was already a wall. Um, I, that's interesting. In one of the itself. ways I, yeah. Coming in. I just, that's interesting in and of itself. And yeah, I, yeah, totally. Oh yeah. No, it was like kind of, yeah. Cause it, I guess when you feel so separate by default, you don't even notice that that's the oxygen you're breathing because yeah, it's kind of like, possibly a, yeah. a, an instinctual thing there being social Definitely. dominant as a five. Yeah. That's, oh that's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. It paints an interesting contrast or intertention, like the, the desire to be available or connected to people through the social instincts and the internal yeah. withdrawal of the five. Yeah, completely. Cause it's, it's, it, there's a, there's a sense of um, being a stranger in a strange land just by default and just sort of like navigating and not really feeling um, use the word thin. And I, I don't know if I would use that. It would be more like um, um, not even miss sort of like a hungry ghost. You know what I mean? Like you're, I'm, I can move through space and there's stuff that I want, but the material I'm made of and the material that the thing that is around me is made of are so different that I can't, I can't genuinely consume anything except in a kind of abstraction. So what, how am I trying to explain this? It's kind of like, with engaging with other people, I mean, let's, let's put it in that context. It's sort of like, I, if, 
I can try and reach out to touch something, <laughs> but like my, my hand can kind of go through it, but I can pick up on something, but it's not the entirety of the thing, or I can't get the entirety of the thing from it. And that's actually probably a little too abstract. Um, but in terms of the kind of the wallness and what it has felt like engaging with people, um, I have described it before. Um, like when I'm with others, and I was lamenting this when I when I when it came to me as a vision of the first time, it's sort of like I feel like I've created this like amazing pleasure garden. You know what I mean? It has everything that you would ever possibly want in a pleasure garden. It's just like really enjoyable. It's engaging. Um, it's it's you know very um, uh, I want to say like tactile. There's there's it's just pleasure, right? There's just whatever is there. It's like interesting and you, you want to be in it. And there's like, there's some people there and they're looking around. They're like, wow, I've never really engaged with this before. This is so interesting, whatever. And any kind of like big, um, almost carnival-esque vibes, right? But I'm there within this garden of my own creation. And I'm like standing on a porch to a much larger sort of building construct tower, whatever. And I'm like, looking out and I realized that everything is so in what I don't know everything is so distracting or beautiful or engaging or cultivated in a way to entertain I guess um that no one's even fucking noticing that there's a porch let alone a front door let alone a place to go inside and I have a sense of like at one point I would have referred to it as subtle but there's not really a subtle resentment about it it's a kind of um uh, I don't even know if I have the word for it now that I'm trying to spit it out. But um, there's a kind of deep dissatisfaction with the inability of the other to recognize that they're in a garden, but the garden is not the limit of the space that has potential to engage with. And yet they don't see. And I can't, I can't show them more than, more than anything that I've already shown them. And so it's disappointing. I find it very disappointing to, um, to engage with people. And I know... I could tell them, but I can't make them understand. So, you know, either they're going to get it or they're not going to get it. And unfortunately, the majority of people don't get it. Some people get on the porch, but not very many. But yeah, so it's, it's bittersweet is how I would, yeah. how I would describe it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was a really evocative um, <laughs> portrait you just gave there. And yeah. well, I mean, the dominant emotional theme that I'm sensing underneath it is mm. a kind of loneliness or isolation. And um, and I does that word land or is that something that you're in contact with or um, how do you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it does because I had a, a physical wince the, the, the concept of it, um, but it's not a comfortable word at all. And I, I think it's because there's, it feels incompetent to be someone who knows how to be engaging and yet has an underlying sense of like, it's just not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, like I can try and I can learn tactics and whatever, but yet something doesn't always click so easily. And it's like, oh, and you know, um, the default is to be like, well, that's a them problem. And it is, it is a them problem, but it's also a little bit of my problem. Um, I say a little bit. Uh, so it can be, it, it can be um, a challenge. Definitely, definitely. But it's, but yeah, it's just like, oh. <laughs> 
this isn't my design, <laughs> but, um, but, but it is as it is. And so you have to kind of face it exactly as it emerges. Otherwise it's a total delusion. So, yeah, let's, um, I want to, let's see, I'm feeling almost like so abstract in this headspace right now, um, yeah. uh, with this, uh, metaphor. And I want to get grounded in the, the very almost like physical reality of you being a five. Yeah, totes. And I would love to, maybe let's just start with, can you share how you discovered the Enneagram and then how you discovered you were a five and what it was specifically, yeah. if you remember, that stood out to you that you were like, oh yeah, this is this is the one that's me. Yeah. Um, I discovered the Enneagram when I was an adolescent. So I was probably around... 13 and it was okay. recommended um recommended to me on a, a forum that i was on on the internet unsurprisingly um for writing etc and um i approached it at the beginning as a way of um a way of potentially unlocking understanding i didn't have at the time on the motivations and patterns of other people um so it was a, a kind of um fence post where I could run wire in between and be like, oh, okay, these are the, this is the parameters of this um, thing, which I'm currently engaging in. Yeah. Um, and then I started applying it to myself. And of course, you know, as a, um, a delusional adolescent, I was like, I'm probably a seven. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like to avoid things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, whatever. Yeah, no, that applies, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't really have a very, um, I didn't have a very mature or experienced um, perspective. And I didn't necessarily have um, a whole lot of sources, um, both uh, in terms of texts and in terms of um, actually engaging with other human beings, <laughs> let alone other human beings who knew, who knew what they were um, doing, as it were. Um, so yeah, I think I had the big I had the big orange personality type books from uh, uh, yeah, Don Ross Hudson. Uh, yeah, and so I read that a lot, but I was reading it and I wasn't necessarily reading people. Um, um, in terms of being typed as a five, um, I was like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, no, I'll do a stupid video. What do I give a shit about? Like, blah blah mm -hmm. blah. I'm bored. Um, and I assumed I assumed that I would come out as a seven wing six seven three one. Um, and no, Emika got in contact with me and was like, yeah, you're five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not right. Um, that doesn't make any sense. I'm so much, how could I possibly be that? And then I realized like, no, fuck. It was what really got me was there was a phrase, which I will not remember the details of, but the, 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 the heart of the phrase was like, um, when you're engaging with another person, there is always a symbolic object that you are offering so you don't have to engage with them direct. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Someone has like expressed what I did not want to express and I did not want exposed. Wow. I did not want anyone to break through this um, smoke and mirror, you know, three ring shit show circus that I've been producing behind the scenes for so long. Um, so yeah, that's, it was intense. It was intense. That's an amazing um, statement. Yeah there yeah 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 it was a lot um but it was like oh great now everyone will fucking know <laughs> i was like no i don't want that um 
Yeah. So it was intense. It was really right. intense. And then can yeah. you, so th that there's so much about that. So first, yeah. so this idea of you're offering a symbolic object. Yeah. Yeah. As a way to keep your inner distance, but still have something in front of you that is the, the, the location of the interaction or an anchor points or something like that. I wouldn't use the word location um, because that, uh, well, maybe location sort of works in the context. Um, I think the way that I would frame it is this. Um, if I'm going in, if I know like, okay, I'm going to engage another human, <laughs> sort of like one engages combat. Um, if I go in, I'm like, okay, well, I'm already aware that this person probably doesn't have the language on whatever level to see me and I can see them, but I know something will be lost. They're not really going to see mm -hmm. and they're not really going to give me the kind of hit of the thing, the, the sweet whatever that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, but if I'm able to go to a place with them and bring something that we both understand within this kind of symbolic order. So, so uh, I'm trying to turn it into something material and I've got a tangent, which I'll say for afterwards, but um, if I can, if I can bring this and we can both sort of be with this thing and we can talk about this thing and we can uh, conceptualize this thing. Maybe we can change this thing together. Maybe we can, um, we can play around with it. Um, we can uh, make something new. We can crush it. We can destroy it, whatever. It doesn't really matter what the engagement is, but then maybe that's almost like as if we were doing something direct. So it's like a mitigating third thing, which allows yeah. this to happen. Right. So yeah, I have a question for you. Go for it. Um, the, the, the elaborate garden metaphor that we started mm. this conversation with. Yeah. Is that an example of a symbolic object that you, um, placed in oh, between us? Well, maybe, uh, is that an example of, that I placed between us? Um, kind of, because I know that I assume rather that the both of us fucking understand what a pleasure garden is for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> And it's a way of... Yeah, who doesn't <laughs> understand what a pleasure garden is? Yeah, I know, right? Like, oh my God, it would be so, you know, droll. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, kind of, but it could be anything. It could be um, it could be a book. It could be a painting. It could be um, going out and looking at some kind of object. It could be um, producing a performance together. It could be talking about a poem. It could be any of these kind of um, external things. So, um, so like, say I, say I want to see someone who I'm, you know, attracted to and I want to engage them and, um, I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to invite them, you know, past the porch. Um, it could be like, oh, well, let's go to this exhibit that I know that this person is interested in. Um, and then through that, we can have a kind of, um, linguistic dance. Is that really the phrase I'm going to use? Um, where in examining whatever symbolic object is there that we've we've agreed to examine we actually see facets of ourselves within mm -hmm. that and reflect it so my unspoken hope which is now that i know i'm just about to say it out loud is like kind of excruciating to admit is that 
someone will be able to pick up something about me based on what I'm bringing them. And it will resonate with them in a way where they will realize that everything that we actually engage with is symbolic and there's something else behind that. And that maybe they'll release whatever it is that, that is keeping them from it. And of course it's, you know, their fault. It's nothing to do with me. Or they'll see that they have the kind of key that unlocks the door and we'll be able to both have that mitigated third thing and then the thing which is here. Mm -hmm. So it seems uh, yeah. like you have a kind of hidden intellectual agenda or something like that. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, to, yeah, definitely. Definitely. To, um, yeah. Continue. To, I will always talk. To dismantle or dissolve their cerebral sphere or however they've mm -hmm. oriented to the world. Um, and in that dissolution is a kind of what connection or just uh intellectual awakening that you're hoping to um I, invite I mean, them into a, and then share in i would say that it's even past the intellect it's to a thing which is like kind of beyond language so it's like beyond okay. it's kind of like acknowledging also that that's bullshit <laughs> as well yeah. but there's okay. something there's some there's something there's some fucking magical thing somewhere and i know it i like yeah. i know it so much that i don't have a word for it because it's well, uh, it's beyond that and if we can get I, to that yeah. amazing that but i over focus oh yeah yeah the intellectual <laughs> agenda thing that you're talking about and the reason i chose yeah. those words is mm. it's really it's interesting how you can draw a very clear line between that and then when we talk about sort of the average or unhealthy states of five, how yeah. fives are provocative and um, want to show other people <laughs> that, yeah. you know, how dumb they are for not seeing X, Y, or Z. And I'm not necessarily seeing that from you, but, um, yeah. but there is a, um, a sense of how an intellectual agenda can get distorted into that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely moments in time where I have acted like a, rabid dog against other people who have offended me in some way and i'm like mm, i'm gonna fucking tear you apart because xyz it's not my proudest moments at all and i'm a lot sure. less aggressive than i used to be um we've all got yeah them. yeah come again we've all got moments we've all had moments. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah everyone's evil don't forget that <laughs> um one other yeah. thing real quick to pull out of that whole story is it's yeah. there's a way that your you're really it seems like you're seeking connection through the mind oh you know, yeah this, definitely and and just to paint a contrast i mean f the way that i experience connection yeah and we're both social self-press types here yeah. but there's a way that um and this is probably i mean it is coming from a three perspective but it's like excellent i could i could kind of it doesn't really matter what the content of our connection is as long as there's depth to it and it meets some unspoken set of, I don't know what criteria um, yeah. that we're both yeah. kind of resonating with, but it could happen at a body level. It could happen mm -hmm. just through eye contact. It could happen through mm -hmm. just like an unspoken understanding of what's going on in the room. It could happen because yeah. we both like a book. It could happen because sort of any number of things, but there's, this is me also as a Bermuda type, like the fluidity of what is acceptable to me in terms of the connection. 
but there seems yeah. to be a very specific thing that you're looking for. It's like you, you sort of present, here's this thing we're going to look at, you know, and there's a bit of a test in it, like, can you hang? And then also, yeah. like, how, how much are you willing to incorporate this into your worldview? How much is, are you going to allow this dissolve your worldview or, like, actually form? The, uh, here's another way to put it. It's like you put this wormhole up into space between two people you know the two of you and yeah. it's like you're both gonna <laughs> kind of go through go through this portal to meet each mm. other or something like that yeah yeah i think um i think it's sort of like can you withstand this like yeah are okay. you really there um uh-huh I'm also hearing some of the eight fix too, but this is interesting too. Five and eight together, yeah. like a double rejection fix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lots of rejection vibes. Um, yeah, because there's I, I'll go into every kind of assumption being like, they they won't, but I might as well fuck around and find out. You know what I mean? Like, let's, mm -hmm. let's see what happens. Let's experiment. Let's figure it out. Um, I think it's interesting what you said about the body stuff um, because since, uh, since the event uh, that is limited physical engagement with other human beings. Um, I've noticed that I find it, that there is something haptic, there is something physical, there is something about being present in the same actual material location with another human being where something is happening. And without it, I feel quite lost. So uh -huh. using screens to engage with other people just sort of sends me away to like deeper virtual fantasy. Um, and I find it in incredibly unsatisfying um, mm. and very difficult, very difficult to read, even if it's mostly unconscious, read another human being, uh, very difficult to know if we're actually engaged, um, impossible to know what's really happening between us. Um, and that kind of what I've noticed is that kind of um, baseline hunger is not something that I can replicate through this kind of medium or through, through even just writing to another person or something like that. Like it's all fantasy until I'm actually in the room with another person and where we have that eye contact, we have that smell, we have that um, feeling of feeling of absence of space between bodies, if that makes any yeah. sense. It so, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that I've noticed a lot that that drives me kind of um, nutso because it's like, oh, well, I guess I don't need it. I do, I definitely, but like, it's, it's like, well, I'll not, and maybe it'll be fine, but it's not, it does something fucking weird to the brain. Like it's, <laughs> it ain't good. Like you actually need that. I'm realizing more through its complete um, absence for a while. And I'm slowly getting back into it now. But now it's like sensory overload when you're around other human beings. I find 99.9% .9 of everyone else is disgusting. And I find their like physical presence to be overwhelming. And the lack of something, there's something which I'm looking for and it's not there. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And it's yeah, like, I that? can replicate. Exactly. What is it? Um, it's it's something. I, I don't know if I have a word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the vibe it's the thing it's the um it's the moment when you look at someone and it's like thing but nothing has changed and yet something on like an intrinsic level is like like a spark i guess uh -huh. um yeah but i i yeah i feel like a uh 
yeah, like lost in a desert. I can be in the middle of like hundreds of people and they're people who are technically attractive or technically interesting or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, none of this is, nothing's going on. And then if I see that one person who I'm like, huh, it's like, it's like prey drive for lack of a better word. And it's like, what do I have to create in order for lack of a better word to like sort of, um, not just to reel or trick that person to engage, but it's like, oh, oh, some, that's, that's where my attention is focused. Everyone else might as well be dead. I want to know about that person. And I want them, do I want them to know about me? Yeah, kind of. But I definitely, I want something from them. And I, I want it. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And I'll, I'll do whatever. I'm most creative also when I have that going, where I can be like, ooh, ooh, what is this? What can I, how can I razzle dazzle? Like, what can I, what can I make? which because I'm making it in proximity to this other is sort of, I'm not really making it. I'm a channel for it. And then something new happens. And I'm like, I, I could have never expected this. And that's like, that's, that's the thing that I want is the, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know, uh -huh. but that's the, that's the true desire. If I'm going to get all um, fucking hyped about it and shit like that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. This is really <laughs> fascinating to me i want to make one commentary point and i have a question as you were talking about the not being physically proximate to people during covid yeah. um and the the sickness of the frustration of that and the, the and the missing of actually human contact yeah um that's an interesting contrast to me of totally those those two things it was a surprise it, yeah <laughs> it's it's surprising to me too i mean even in this yeah. conversation because it's contradicts um a pretty frequent five stereotype of just wanting to be alone oh and don't get me wrong though i'm alone 99.9 yeah. percent .9 of all the time and that's where i i feel great but i know when i want the thing what uh -huh. which i sort of maybe just described i don't even fucking know it's like uh -huh. i have to yeah i have to go out and i don't want to at all i would love for the virtual satisfaction to hit but it's never it's just not the real thing. And uh -huh. so the real thing is really important. But it was only until I was, you know, in like fucking lockdown for months and stuff like that. And I had none of like my little micro fixes of like, oh, I can dip out. Oh, I can dip out. I can dip back in and out. Um, and there was just nothing that and it was a very stark realization. It was, it was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I like, need this thing I thought I didn't. And it's horrible. And then when I've started, obviously, to go out and engage with people more often, it's like, I need this thing and it's, I'm in it and it's not even here and I hate everyone and they're so disgusting and very dumb and no one is resonating. And so where is it? <laughs> I was like, well, I could go back into my, <laughs> into my simulation of it, but it's still, I'm, I'm left with a feeling on both sides of like, it's not there and it's not here, but maybe... Maybe there's something else and I can kind of, I can find it somewhere, but I, something needs to change and I don't know what it is yet. I haven't, I haven't, I'm working it out. I'm working it out. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or not. And I'll just go crazy and be a little goblin woman for the rest of forever, but we'll see. I'm tuning into a couple of things about you <laughs> that I'm really curious about from the point of view of just understanding how it fits within fiveness. Yeah. Um, you, your energy has a, a quality or certain like accents of 
fuck it energy, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you have like the fuck it, I'm going to just go after this. Or like when you sense that you need something or want something, you sort of fuck it, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe I'm rationalizing that with two assertive fixes underpinning the five, but yeah. there's, there's, um, there's something very interesting to me going on with you about like you have very clearly this salient cerebral quality, like your, um, even just what comes out of your mouth has a <laughs> symbolic, you know, quality. And it's yeah. like, you're figuring out, you're kind of figuring it out in real time. Almost. It's like, you know, I ask you a question and it, and it lands in your consciousness as a plaything to like turn around and all it is is play moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there's like a just fascinating, like whimsy and lack of seriousness <laughs> or something. Mm -hmm. um, and at least as it's, as I'm experiencing it in terms of your presentation totally. and I just like, how does all that land with you? Everything that I just said. And Super interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, and I, I think, I think it's definitely valid in the way that I, I present to other people, but I also yeah. know that there is another side of the stone, which remains buried. Um, okay. And so in the moments when I'm not aware of, in the moments that I know that I am just with myself, it's a, it's a different energy. Um, I still have a lot of fuck it energy, like, fuck it, fuck it. Like, what does it matter? Because it's all, because, because I all kind of consider it a little bit of a simulation. It doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't, uh -huh. but then there are things that matter so much that they're never, they're rarely going to come to the surface. They're like, they're like, Ooh, Ooh, those are, those are, I guess that's where avarice comes in. It's like, no one's going to see that. No one's going to, that's mine. And they're my problems and I want them. And no one else is allowed to touch them because they're mine. And I do not want anyone to engage with that. Not because of, uh, I, I don't even really know why. Not because, not just because they're messy, but they are very, very messy. But it's like mine. And, and so it's, it's like, I know they will not understand them. I know they'll attempt to give me something which has nothing to do with me. And it's like, I don't want that extra bullshit stuff on me. I don't want someone's interpretation of like, the things that I'm concerned about are the things that I take very seriously because it's like, you've got nothing to do with this. This is mine. <laughs> this is, this is like, so it's like, what are you, why are you wasting your time? And you're definitely wasting my time by trying to interpret something which you can, you don't get, you know what I mean? So in that sense, it's very private. Uh, and a lot of, yeah, while I'm very um, responsive to like, figuring out stuff and playing with it and moving around. It's also like, it's just play things. So one of the things I wanted to, to actually bring up a little bit was um, uh, I had listened through to the um, episode that you did with Emika and he was talking about like nothing is real until it's in physical space. Is that, mm -hmm. would you say that's a fair analysis of what he was saying? Um, let's see, how would I nuance that? Yeah, I mean, this his, this whole thing of, of realness for him was all about, like, if I can use it, if I can see it, if I can feel it, if I can yeah. experience it, that's what makes totally. it real. Otherwise, it otherwise it's not. What, what struck me as really funny with that is, like, that's not how I engage. The only thing that really feels mm -hmm. real is if it's, if, it's, if it's mine, if I can engage with it, and if it's, if it's something which is malleable and I can, like, psychically adapt it to what I need it to be. 
Uh, and by adapt, yeah. I mean manipulate. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, um, what does it mean for something to be yours? It's mine. <laughs> that it's mine. Um, what does it mean to be mine? I mean, I guess that it's that it's being processed in the information processing center of the interior. Um, that I have, um, I've cultivated it. Um, it's emerged from me, even if it's not yeah. mine. I'm like a conduit for this information, which has come about um, fully formed or in pieces. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh-huh. And then I have been able to kind of um, um, structure it to my own design, let's say, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's so much play that goes into that because it's like, and I use the word play because it's so satisfying to be like, oh, here's a, here's a thing. Here's a concept. Here's a thing. And like, I get to unpick it and play with it and move around with it. And it doesn't matter. What matters is the, is the actual fidgeting around with it. It doesn't really matter if it is applicable in the outside, <laughs> never, but it doesn't really matter even if it's like <laughs> true or real. It's like, ooh, ooh, but this was... I've yeah just fucking around <laughs> like this is this is the part this is the part which is cool um and like yeah it might yeah. be applicable to my life or I might be able to create something from it um but if it's like if it's clicking and sending off some kind of internal sparks that's when it's like hmm, wonderful like to be a to be a robot about it um, this word matter is yeah like really resonating with me for in some way it's like oh. this this distinguishing between what doesn't matter and what does matter. And, and it feels like there's so much, I'm using this word neutrally kind of, um, froth that, um, um, could very easily spill out of you or that is like play stuff that just, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, here's this thing, here's that thing, here's an insight, whatever, you know, but fundamentally the, the thing that matters Mm. is, I guess I, I'm curious how you describe it. The thing I'm tuning into is the the quote unquote something that you mm. every once in a while see that you want from <laughs> someone else across the room. Yeah, or something. Totes. <laughs> um, that matters. The yeah. also it matters that you get to. It's almost like the product or output of the inner tinkering doesn't matter yep. as much as the tinkering itself. That the tinkering matters. Yeah, and. Um, yeah. What else? Or how would, am I on target here or what else yeah, no, matters? I, or, yeah. I think that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think essentially what matters for me, the word I would use is autonomy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that kind of through a mission because when I don't, when the conditions of my existence do not allow me to spend the majority of my time doing what I want, which is creating, let's say, um, or thinking or researching or consuming or, um, learning. <laughs> I feel like those are all the same words now that I've said them out loud. Um, I go insane. I go absolutely insane. Nothing feels real at all. And it's kind of like, what is full stop, but it's like, what is the purpose? If I'm not extruding information and creating something through just existing and moving through space if i am not in a position where i can do that it's like well what is what is what's the there is no purpose like it's sort of like like i i would 
I would ruin my own life, whatever that means, if it meant that in that ruin, even if it was a very small period of ruin, I got to do the thing that I want, which feels important to me, which is to process and create and and then maybe occasionally like attempt to engage another person to be like, just see, do you see? Do you? I probably don't, but like, I'm going to try anyway. Um, yeah, if I don't have the ability to, um, yeah, to sort of engage and do that. Yeah, I would ruin it just to do that for like five minutes, even if it meant throwing everything else away, which is, I realize, not the most logical thing to do. It's not very rational. But um, but this is mine, so I get to do what I like with it. And if I want to spoil existence for some satisfaction, I can do that. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But yeah, yeah. I have I have a question that's going to sound abstract. Go for it. Um, yeah. How do you, or where do you locate yourself internally? Um, let me let me frame that slightly differently, or uh, with more texture. Yeah, go for it. Um, as I'm speaking with you, just yeah. in this conversation, I notice that it's like, in order to hang in the conversation, my actual physical experience of myself or of my location is like, mm -hmm. is like moving upwards in my body or like starting to move out here in my head or something. It's like, and and I'm, I'm playing in this space with you and following your words. Mm. But then I, if I, when I take a breath, I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. I also exist here in this body, yeah. in this chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in the physical world. Yeah. And that, so maybe paint that as a polarity. And um, so, the, so there's the question. It's like, how do you, where okay. do you fi typically find yourself located? And uh, yeah. That's a beautiful question. Thank you for asking that question, uh, for grounding it back into material reality. I appreciate sure. that. Um, because the answer is I, I'm like three feet above my own head at any moment in time until it's kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It used to be very horrifying when I realized I had what I would refer to as a meat suit that I had to like navigate around in this. It, it feels a little bit like um, putting on, um, putting on a, a protective, um, like a, like a diver's suit or um, a, an astronaut or something like that. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. And it's like just as clunky and like out of sync. Um, even though I also, uh, I'm super protective of it. So like if I, I know, uh, to give an example of different states. So when I'm by myself, a lot of the time it's shifting all over the place, but typically like three feet or whatever, like over my head, um, I can move around in it and I can feel like, oh, okay. Like this is, this is it. And it feels, this is embarrassing to say on, on one level. It feels super powerful. Like it feels great. Like I love, like um, I do weightlifting and other type things just because it's like, oh yeah. Like this yeah. is cool, but it's also a little uh -huh. bit novel. It's not so great when it's, you know, in other states of uh, not greatness. But um, for an example, like if I'm moving through, if I know I have to get physically from location A to location B or whatever, and I'm going through a city or something like that, I'm very aware of the presence of my body and the pose that I'm taking mm -hmm. and the way that can be used 
to negate um, unwanted attention from other people. Um, mm -hmm. But it is. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel like I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm. No, what's the word? Not betraying, but um, raking myself over coals by even expressing this aloud. So, <laughs> okay. I. And I cultivated this when I was a teenager and it's still with me now. It's like a sense of like, um, oh, I'm going to use the word prowling. And that sounds awful <laughs> just to give myself some judgment. But no, it, it's sort of like um, I'm very aware of, of my body moving through space and the way that it can both um, attract because of the way, I, way I've decided to hold myself and move through, uh, but also repel people at the same moment. Um, mm -hmm. and it feels quite good. It feels quite powerful. Most of the time I kind of like it. I know sure. that it can, it's both offensive and defensive at the same time. Again, yeah. something to play around with. Um, but it takes a lot of work in, when I'm by myself to sort of go back into it and just mm -hmm. be with my body, not my body as a tool. So not my body as an object to move my brain around, uh, but my body as something which actually isn't separated from my mind. Uh, is a lot of work to do that. Very challenging. Um, ultimately, it will be satisfying, but the process of doing it uh, can be labyrinthian, let's say. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, here I am. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I hope that answers yeah. it. I yeah. It's, it's, well, let's see. Where's my head going here? Um, yeah. You know, partly, it's just, your relationship with this mind body question that we're kind of um, yeah. working with here is really interesting to me. And even for the very first thing we said in this call is that you live on the internet, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the, the place you actually are in the world actually in quotes, isn't as important as this place that you like the internet's really much more. Let me say it this way. Mm. That's a that's a sincere response from you. It seems to me like you live more on the internet than you do in the world. Yeah, and the internet is just again, it's a metaphorical. Yeah, yeah. Example for you know something which is more virtual. Um, but it's right. That's right. It's, sim it's symbolic space versus yeah. physical space or something like yeah, that. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. And th and that's yeah, yeah. completely valid. Uh, yeah. Do I think that it's the most effective way to exist? No, definitely not. Um, is it a tactic that I use in order to engage? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It needs a little work, <laughs> like everything. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's about bouncing back and forth. And I mean, like even within the metaphor of it, the internet is also a physical location somewhere. It's just spread out all over the place. So, mm -hmm. you know. Have you engaged in inner work? And what have you done, if so? Yes. And what's it like? Ooh, lovely question. Thank you. Um, I have, well, I would say that all of my creative work is a external manifestation of inner work. I don't separate them at all. Um, everything that I have written or um, painted or produced or whatever um, is just a slight, ref I say a slight reflection as in like a, a tiny little um, through into that where I'm like, okay, I can expose a little bit of this. Um, but I, the way I've approached inner work predominantly is through um, dream work. So I spend an inordinate amount of time um, reflecting on my, well, 
the landscape of my dreams. Um, and I find that quite important. I have, uh, you know, I also have like a, um, a meditation practice, um, which has been going for a while, which goes on and off, but whatever. Again, it's the physicality of it makes it difficult to sustain as opposed to dreaming, which is, that's always going to happen. <laughs> that's, so it's, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's, it's the slightly easier path to go down into that. Mm -hmm. um, but the no mind aspect of meditation um, and the being able to sit with myself as nothing is incredibly helpful because it loosens, it loosens this preoccupation that I have with this, you know, three feet of intellectual nothing space. Um, and instead I can sit with phenomena, so external things, uh, without becoming too, well, I guess, uh, judgmental or discerning of them. Like I can just quite literally just sit with them. Uh, so they're, so the overwhelm of everything becomes less overwhelming because it's without judgment. I'm not saying, oh, this is overwhelming in the moment. I'm just being like, this is this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to, I don't have to do anything about it. I have mm -hmm. to do nothing. And I don't have to be in mind. I don't have to think about it. I can just exist within it. And that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so dream work, um, dream work, meditation, that kind of other reflection. Um, you know, I write for like an hour every day, just on trying to get thoughts out. So I don't have to think about them. <laughs> Wow, but it's an hour a day. Yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I do an hour of personal writing, and then um, am I going to admit this? Yes, I'll probably do between like four and fourteen hours of creative writing a day, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and I say that just because I I realize, yeah, I will neglect everything else just to create something, but it's for me. It's not really for anyone else. <laughs> it's just for me. <laughs> So yeah, I, does that does that address it? Are we? It it does. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, I mean, there's so many threads to pull at just because there's so much material here. But <laughs> that sounds like something that's yours. Mm, and, mm. You know. Um, yeah, totes. The creative writing thing. And what's what's your art? Um, I that's a good question. Um, outside of creative writing, which I do, um, I am a painter. Um. In physical space, I do uh, predominantly watercolor abstractions, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, and then uh, virtually, I've started, I've started producing figurative sort of portraiture um, using digital medium, um, which is interesting and very challenging. I didn't know that I could draw people until I could draw people. And I feel like observing them for so long is there was something going on in like a, a background studio of my unconscious, which allowed me to do it. Cause I don't have, um, an interior visual eye. So I, it, when people say like, Oh, visualize a beach. I don't, I don't do that. Um, I can conceptualize a beach as sort of sound, and a series of, of, uh, concepts, but I don't, I don't actually have an eye. So it was interesting to start, um, doing figurative work, but uh, I, I've also done, um, a lot of performance and sort of um, moving image and theater-based stuff, but that I haven't done that in a while for a number of reasons. Um, so I, I focus mostly on um, uh, visual arts and creative writing. 
Yeah. Does your art have a thematic underpinning or a something that you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. Whether or not other people pick up on that um, <laughs> is their problem. Uh, I don't right. do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do anything that doesn't also mean something else. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all about that. A, a lot of the painting that I was working on um, had a kind of um, underpinning of an alchemical process. Um, I won't get into the details because fucking I'll just swamp you with that information forever. Um, but I consider uh, studio art, so um, physical painting, etc., to be an extension of um, inner work. So so it's doing something which, again, I can't try as I may to plan for something. Um, actually putting it out onto a page will always be different than anything I can imagine in this abstracted intellectual sphere. So um, that in and of itself is, uh, to me, very magical um, and very important. And yeah, it's it's the thing even if I neglect it also all the time um it's it's having a conversation with myself which I'm unable to have with myself unless I actually make something happen so it's the it's the moment between concept and conception it's the that space in between which is indescribable but it, a, a, a vague imprint of it can be left in uh whatever creative output is uh comes about because of it so yeah yeah it's the, it's the process <laughs> the alchemy that you describe or that alchemical i don't forget yeah. exactly your wording but is yeah, that yeah, me too. is that a and you said you weren't going to bore me with the technical details but i'm actually kind of curious about could you give yeah. like a minute or two on it or what what you Ooh. mean um i'm of the mind <laughs> That, <laughs> yes, I just laughed at my own joke. I'm, I'm at the, uh, of the mind that there is always something going on behind the veil of my own consciousness. And I'm unaware of it until a decision on some level or another is made to touch it. And mm -hmm. so if I'm not creating something, then some of the energy of the activity which is going on back there um, will potentially build up and never be released and has, has the possibility of getting toxic or unfulfilled in whatever level um, mm -hmm. unless it is actually expressed in some way or another. And so... I mean, obviously, I, I attempt to do this through actual language, through speaking, um, but that it never it's never the same as when it is in um, in another kind of uh, more physical form. So a, a painting, a gesture, um, a performance, a mm -hmm. invitation to think about something, but to think about something not just with your forefront mind but with the part of your mind which might otherwise not be so directly accessible yeah. so um 
I'm trying to transform something about myself that I don't have language for by creating something real, <laughs> both conceptually real and physically real. So yeah. At the risk of being too pedagogically boxy about the Enneagram, yeah. it feels like that's a form of the five impulse for discovery pointed mm -hmm. inward. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Um, the sense of, and actually what I'm, what I'm really, we're going to talk about the heart space here in a second, or that's oh, yeah. what I'm that's... hoping to talk about that. Um, how important is it that what you discover and then express is seen by someone? That's a good question. Um, Cause my, my gut feeling is like, not at all. It's not important. And on, and to be honest, the majority of the work that I do isn't seen by anyone else. Um, and it feels very comfortable for it not to be seen. Mm -hmm. But I have become more aware through doing doing work and, and through, through focus on the Enneagram that it's an essential part of me breaking out of habitual patterns, which are not necessarily getting me the special thing that I think I want which I, I know what I think I want is not the same thing as the thing that I really, whatever it is, want. Um, and so part of the process that I'm going through, and I'm, I'm, I'm to be completely candid, I'm going through it even by expressing myself to you in this medium right now. Like this is, mm -hmm. this to yeah. me is a way of being like, okay, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll, let's see what happens. And it's it feels super risky, but it's also like, who gives a sh like, do I really give a shit? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, part of that process is through not doing so much self-reflection or obsession with the idea I have of myself, but to be like, well, what if, what if you were to offer something to another person? Could you withstand it not being understood and not getting the thing? even if you're offering it with a kind of a feeling of like, Ooh, maybe, maybe we'll share a secret, you know, like, Ooh, maybe. <laughs> but even if we don't, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, well, isn't it interesting to examine the not as well as the maybe. Does that, does yes. that resonate? I, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm go. following. I'm tracking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with... again, I feel, a, you know, like, is any of this happening? What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah. I, um, okay, internally, I'm parsing out something that has to do with the the something that you're wanting, mm -hmm. which still feels like kind of, I mean, it has a lot of texture for me, but it's still not quite, I don't have high resolution definition on what that thing is, but mm -hmm. it kind of feels directionally in the heart space. Like, yeah, that's something yeah. that you're wanting. Um, but it also feels like you have a default willingness to just let it go. Like, well, yeah. if that if that something isn't available, it's like, well, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, again, the boxy enneagram thing, but it feels like that's par partly a rejection. Mm. Um, 
worldview or assumption like, well, yeah. it'd be nice if this thing existed, but you know, if it doesn't, it's not like, um, I was really that helpful for it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and, and so it kind of just sloughs off, but yeah. there is, there is this desire to be seen or to share something through mm -hmm. your self-expression, you know, and it yeah. sounds to me like there's a, there's a very deep self intimacy that goes on in your, oh, yeah. in your expressive process in your art Completely. that when you get to share something, like even the idea of sharing a secret with someone, that's really, that's kind of, that's intimate, you know? Oh, completely. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's so much secret investment within that level of intimacy, obviously, which, which I have with myself. I've, uh, yeah, I almost want to mm -hmm. not say, but it's like, I've only ever had myself. So it's the idea of being like, well, you, you know, like, <laughs> like if I, if I expose this kind of thing, there's, there's so much risk there because it's like, this is important to me. And if it's, mm -hmm. if it's not recognized in the other, it's kind of like, ew, because the importance that I've put in the other is, is so severed in that mm -hmm. sense. It's kind of like, so a lot of the frustration, et cetera, that I have in, with engaging with other people, it's like, it's like, you don't even recognize how difficult it was for me. And it's like, that's, it's like, you're not even really it's not even that you don't even want to see me, but it's like, you can't. And that's insulting. And it's insulting to me because it's like, oh, I thought I saw something with you and I can see it, but you can't see me. And that's gross. <laughs> like, like, like mm -hmm. almost to be in a way, if I want to get defensive about it, it's kind of like, oh, it's like, it's like, ew, like, you don't get it. You're so gross. That's <laughs> like, that's like, mm -hmm. uh, like how repulsive, like how, how, you know, shallow and lame and just like, uh, like, are you even a person like that kind of stuff? So it can be quite, yeah. um, dehuman dehumanizing of the other when yeah. they're unable to what right. feels to me like put in the effort to like try to discover something which is undiscoverable. So I know it, it's sort of like a, um, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say double-edged sword. It's like a trap. It's a little bit of a trap. Um, so being able to sit with someone and be like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, even if there's nothing, maybe nothing is fine. And that's like, mm, yeah. 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 And maybe this is pushing it, but even uh, like almost a, the expectation that they will fail the quote unquote test. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. again, I think there's something kind of funny about failure. So it's like, maybe something amusing will come from that but um but yeah yeah um yeah i do have an expectation that the other people probably won't get yeah. to it and that's annoying i'm trying to release that a little bit more but i yeah. don't know if you look at the majority of people it's like oh i don't want that i don't want whatever that is uh -huh. um but yeah there's you know there's only so much self-intimacy a person can have before it's like complete disconnection from the other um mm -hmm. and and you know uh looking at my um trifix or whatever uh it's two rejection types snuggled up next to an attachment type so the, th mm -hmm. the three aspect in the middle um is alienated further <laughs> let's say by the rest of the um by the rest of the structure but sure. i i also feel like it's super strong um in the way that i that i uh present and the way that I navigate my own feelings. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I, I like three. I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think, I think it's really interesting. Also, I feel like it's my tether to reality on, on one level because it's always knows of the other. It, it cannot forget about the other. Um, uh-huh. And there's this, there's this sort of um, thing that comes back to me. I'm not going to remember the words uh, exactly, but it's, it's speaking about like um, only through the gaze of the other, can I see myself in totality? And that's something which is stuck with me because it feels intuitively true, mm-hmm. um, but it's not comfortable and it's frustrating as hell because it's like, I don't want that. Like I want to just be, I just want to be, I just, right. I, 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 right. me, me, me. Um, but it's the knowledge also it's of that, like a thing becomes real when it's witnessed. And so, yeah, there's a lot of risk and a lot of reward, but it's not necessarily the most um, comfortable or straightforward. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I just want to prompt you with an open-ended, we yeah. were going to talk about the heart space in general. And yeah. I was curious what, what else you wanted to share about that. And, yeah. and then also maybe moving into like how, what the Enneagram is and means for you. Yeah. Um, the heart space is cool. Um, I, bef- yeah, I knew <laughs> like six years ago, I've known forever, but whatever, you know, I became more and more aware of my ability to sever any kind of like um, deep emotional meshment or resonance or like dance with other people like ages ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh no, that there's something wrong there. There's something really wrong. Um, <laughs> that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And uh, it's part of what led me back onto um, a path of reflection and inner work, which also led back into sort of enneagram stuff to kind of uh, cont- contextualize it in a outside way rather than just me um, writing and speaking to myself. Um, but the, of all of the things, I am probably most protective of heart, um, most protective of my feelings and my emotions, most controlled in the way that I would want to present them, um, which is I don't, and it's whatever, <laughs> it's a process. Um, and I know the, the thin spectrum of what I have deemed acceptable. And then the, the vast swathe of things which I have decided are not as significant, even though I know and feel inside they're significant, but they're mine. And so part of the process that I have attempted to go through, and I, I could quite possibly fail, but that's part of it. Um, is to be like, okay, well, how can I discover new ways of engaging authentically about what I am without uh, an anxiety or a a fear or a deep-seated suspicion um, that other people will be not just disgusted, but also will quite actively use it as some kind of leverage against me. And so it's like, okay, well, how can I first off not think about it (laughs) but just like intuitively move with it um 
and also like what's so bad what's so bad about the rawness that's there because it's real and i know it and it's like Mm -hmm. so does it matter if other people get to explore that as well but I, again, it's like fucking so many hoops to jump through. So it's, yeah, up there in the tower past the, uh, the um, porch and the pleasure garden. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's like a, a big challenge. But on the other hand, if I'm outside witnessing others, cool. Like uh, I find it fascinating and like um, engaging, sometimes overwhelming and very boring. Let's be real. Like we're just like, ugh that has nothing to do with me leave me alone like that's i don't give a shit uh but if i can kind of let go of that um (laughs) dismissiveness uh human (laughs) human beings are amazing it's like wow everyone's got something going on um i might not always respect that or absorb it or be interested in it but it's still there hopefully, unless someone's had like a weird soul death and they're like a complete void. And that's very terrifying. And so I think the, the terror of witnessing people who there's nothing they've, they have, they have had a complete disconnect to some kind of magical inner thing. Um, they're like zombies. And that to me was so frightening. That was one of the reasons where it was like, okay, well, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to become so fractured from expressing a, something which is real about myself that I turn into like a demon person. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that's part of the motivation to give a shit just because. Is that a, yeah. Go on. Is that a real fear? Yeah. Like to it's be a... A, a flat, a flat demonic unthinking kind of like cordycep infected, non-reflective <laughs> like zombie. Oh, for real, for real, for real, for real. Just someone going through the motions, being like, uh-huh. this is fine. Like, no, 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 girl. Like, no, thank you. That's horrifying, I, actually. I get yeah. that that's horrifying, but uh, partly my question is, is yeah. that a salient fear for you? Like, it comes up for you. And uh, partly my question also has the the uh, a, bit, a curiosity around fear in general and how that works for you. Yeah as a five as a mental type in the sensor all that stuff on top level fear stuff and excuse me if i suddenly die uh in terms of whatever mm. <laughs> if i suddenly die talking about feelings <laughs> um <laughs> uh on a top level no my the fears that i'm preoccupied with are more to do with like am i going to be inconvenienced in some kind of way by other human beings that I won't be able to do what I want. Like that's the top one where it's like, oh no. Uh, am I gonna be drained mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. of everything which I hold so dear <laughs> um, that I won't be able to do it? Like, oh no, I need to I need to take action and navigate and shape and design my life so I can do what is most important to me. Mm-hmm. But on another level, um, you know, the idea of shallowness, the idea of their being no depth or no ability to express that in a way which feels real to me is frightening. Um, Mm -hmm. But the kind of like dead-eyed zombification um, that unreflective black mold mind uh, is horrifying on a deeper level. 
and I find it very frightening to engage with other people where there is no, you know, and so where there's no there, there, I find yeah. that like, <gasps> because I'm always so in my head or abstracted or whatever that like, yeah. when I, re- it, it, it's like, oh, maybe there is no reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, I, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Partly, that address okay. it? Oh. It did. Yeah. And yeah, as a per, so my, my typing is three, nine, six. So head last. Yeah. And what I notice is I don't actually use or even relate to the word frightening very often. Interesting. And, and I noticed that this is, it's a word and words like it in that j- same general yeah. space of terrifying horrifying, you know, these kinds of things that's yeah. it's present. It's available. Like you pluck those words out of, your consciousness to describe yeah. something it's it's describing a real inner experience the 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 yeah. fright of seeing that and yeah. can you can you just talk about what that is like what is it what does it mean to be frightened what it means to be frightened um ooh, that's a really good question i could think of how how deep to go into it um interestingly i get it on a physical level first Mm-hmm. But then I get stuck in it on a conceptual level. Okay. So where it sticks is me going through like every iteration or absence of the non-frighteningness. Um, but it's funny also because I can I can flip it around and be like, fuck it. But when actual fear grips, it's like a, a mobilization on multiple levels, um, mm-hmm. physical immobilization, but like mental, like spinning and, and, um, a kind of lashing out kind of thing where it's like, I can impulsively feel myself being like, I need to do anything other than be frightened. And I can never show that I'm frightened at all, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for multiple reasons. Um, but, uh, yeah. And sometimes when you dip into the fright, that can be quite cool because it's kind of like, what's really going on here? Because what I seem to think that I'm frightened of is not really where the fear actually sits. So it can it can kind of be about weaving through what I assume the fear is and then what the actual the actual body content of that fear is. It, but it's it's exhausting to have to move through all of those different um, those different threads and get to the crux of it. But it's uh, ultimately satisfying because it's sort of like you know seeing the zipper on the back of a, a stage show monster. It's right. kind of like, oh, okay, never mind. But to get through all of that sort of um, wiggly, twisted fear things is hard mm-hmm. because a lot of those fears are to do, you know, with uh, with image or with um, uh, lack of resources or my own incompetence or um, mm-hmm. you know uh, being made overly vulnerable. Um, and exposed and sort of ripped apart like a whole bunch of vultures would rip apart like a half dying sheep or something like that. And it's like, Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That doesn't seem fun. Um, But yeah, but in my, well, just real quick, the the risk of exposure, like you, you've also used the word risky a couple of times in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, and you've, you've paused before you're about to say something like, am I really going to say this? And then you kind of, and that, that inner negotiation is working with or against that fear of I might, if I expose myself, be ripped open by a bunch of vultures or something. Yeah. Like, 
that's a metaphor, but that's viscerally what it feels like. Yeah. 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 Well, it feels like, um, you know, <laughs> like a thread would be pulled and everything would come apart at the seams. Ah, there um, you go. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So it's, it's, um, it can be like that, but it's also, you know, on a, again, I, there's a, a kind of game that you can play with it where it's sort of like, Ooh, is it really like that though? What's it really like? What's really, uh -huh. like, Ooh, is it really risky for me to say that? No, not yeah. really. It's like, Oh, what will happen if I do what, what, maybe it would be quite interesting if I just humiliate myself in front of all these people or like, Oh, maybe mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. would be really interesting if I attempted to woo someone who I'm enamored with and they reject me and then for the rest of my life I just want to die and it's like well I probably won't but mm -hmm. maybe and and so I can turn <laughs> it into something a, mm -hmm. like a game um but it's when the game goes away where it becomes um un uh untenable or whatever it becomes like uh oh yeah I actually have to sit with that fear um and examine it for what it is outside of the the impulse of like horror um so yeah it's probably like a yeah yeah but the, the top level base fear is like oh if i have to do this someone's gonna like just suck away all of my energy and i won't uh -huh. be able to do what i want and then the other fear is kind of like you know i will be actually pulled apart on like a intrinsic base level and because of that i won't be able to examine things and play around and create stuff. And I'll right. just be a series of parts, like a decommissioned Android or something like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, I would like to be functional. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be functional. <laughs> that's interesting, the decommissioned yeah. Android. I mean, it really is evocative of the other image, like the black mold mind vacant yeah. person. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. So just making that connection, like yeah. Yeah. that, I mean, is that a stretch or does that feel right to you? Like the, the sight of someone who is like that evokes yeah. like, this is what I might become. Oh, totally. No, I can or see something. it. I can, yeah. I can see that, that connection there. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want that at all. I want to, <laughs> I'd like to keep functioning. I'd like to, you know, explore, <laughs> but is, you know, um, is the event that would lead to being ripped apart or falling apart, whatever, even really real or is it a figment which is keeping me from some other thing that could be also interesting i don't know and mm -hmm. i won't really know until i'm actually there so i'm aware yeah. that the fears that arise are just ideas and until we're yeah. actually doing something but still it, it's frightening <laughs> i don't want to do it but the yeah. novelty yeah. of stuff lets me do things so yeah so i don't mean to belabor this point but I, <laughs> this idea of of the the concept of a vapid, lifeless, black mold mind person yeah. whose eyes are vacant, the zombified human being. Yeah. That that exists in your consciousness in a in a place that evokes yeah. something really existentially horrifying, terrifying, frightening for you. Yeah. And and it and when you run into a person who somehow touches that, it puts you in touch it puts you in contact with that fear so i get this i get the i get who you're talking about <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, i know you've met him. i know, know him. Yeah, yeah yeah but my response to them is not terror or fright i mean there's maybe a, a repulsion or a sense yeah. of 
just sadness for the person oh. or, or, or what might it be? I don't know, pity or, or a set, like my following might get activated. I might feel frustrated that I can't connect to this person or dismiss them outright or something like, but terror just doesn't come up. That's amazing. I, that's so that's so partly cool. why I'm so fascinated about this choice of words for you or the experience well, that's of terror. So, it's so cool to me that you're, response would be like a like pitying or sadness or something like that because that's that's somewhere else for me like that's that's mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not meeting them in that kind of space I'm first off I'm I'm kind of thinking about them but I'm like whoa I got to get away from this like you mm -hmm. would get away from literally a zombie um but yeah yeah it, it sort of feels yeah it feels because feels because terrifying. what <laughs> because feels, okay okay yeah I, I was nearly there it, uh, it feels terrifying yeah. because it feels a little bit like they're going to unknowingly which is the grossest part um suck something away from me uh -huh. um and it will be it won't even be recycled it will just be it'll just unknowingly be destroyed in like true uh -huh. universal heat death style so yeah. there's no, there's no nothing that comes from it. There's no interconnection. It's just um, reckless, heartless consumption. Um, yeah, yeah. And so if I'm around it, not only do I have the potential for becoming like them, um, uh -huh. but it's like, I wouldn't even know it. And it would just, something would be drained away from me and then I'd be left unknowingly like that and also it's scary just because i suppose on another level having vaguely thought about it um it is sad um and then physically it's also it's sort of and well i guess like a nothingness but I, I guess it would show a vulnerability um but yeah so that's sort of that's part of the fear i mean you know there's so many fears you could you know you could talk to someone about fears for like a week I'm sure a head type at least. <laughs> yeah. It's all fears all the way down. <laughs> yeah. um, what's this like for you to be the subject of extended curiosity and questioning Ooh. in a focused way for an hour and a half? Um, in action, um, fine. I am, it's, it's cool, interesting, weird. Um, couldn't assume what was going to happen until it actually happened, so that's cool. Um, afterwards, uh, I assume that I'll probably be exhausted <laughs> after uh, I'll just have to lay down and do fucking nothing and not talk to anyone for like two and a half days. Um, but, um, there's a, there's a sense of, um, personal risk and being able to be like, oh yeah, I'll just talk candidly about myself. But it's like, oh. I don't really like that. Normally, when I'm normally engaging with other people, I'm the one who's like, so. <laughs> so like, tell me about your dreams. What's your relationship with your sister like? You know, just what I like drill, drill down um, until I get to the point where I really want, where I'm like, mm, give me that nugget of information. Um, so it feels weird to be questioned. But at the same time, it's, there's a kind of lightness about it because it's like, this is this is only happening right now and then it'll go and then it'll be something else. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it is interesting. So thank you for the opportunity for something interesting. And for me also, uh, you know, attempting to, um, expose myself in ways which I wouldn't otherwise 
uh, normally leap at the chance to do. But I was like, why not? Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this and for yeah. being willing to expose yourself to the extent that you have. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yeah, I know, of course. <laughs> Love exposing myself on the internet. It's definitely my top five favorite thing. Cool. But uh, you know yeah, that no. this I'm going to release this and it's going to be under the name Jess. And then yeah. if anybody wants to find your art, they're going to have they to can. do their own sleuthing. Yeah, that's right. Okay, do the so sleuthing. good luck to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure, you know, those who know, know. And those who don't, that's cool. But yeah, thank <laughs> okay. you so much. It was uh, It was great. So, uh, yeah, thank take care. you too. Yeah, bye. You too.